Christian life than going to church and reading your Bible. Ever wondered just how involved God is in your daily life? Then you've come to the right place. Join me, Pastor Tom Marsis and Vicar Dylan Meyer, as we take an in-depth look at applying the scriptures to our daily lives, the Ten Commandments, baptism, Lord's Prayer, and more. Welcome to the Living Faith. Welcome to Living Faith, episode 34, A Guarded Faith. My name is Pastor Tom Mars, the senior pastor of Zion Lutheran Church. And I'm Vicar Dylan Meyer. We're glad that you're with us as we continue our year-long journey of living the faith. Uh, for the past several weeks, we've been looking specifically at prayer, uh, the Lord's Prayer. We've been looking at the various things that we ask for in the Lord's Prayer. We refer to those as petitions. There's seven of them as you move through the Lord's Prayer. Uh, we're getting near the end of that. We are on the sixth petition this week. And really what we're looking at what, as we pray this particular petition or this part of the Lord's Prayer is uh, we are asking God to answer the question or answer this in the, lead us not into temptation. You know, so what does that mean, lead us not into temptation? Uh, there are some obvious misunderstandings of that. We're going to talk about that as we go through there. But as we focus in on this petition, what we're really doing is focusing in on this constant spiritual struggle of temptation. And, and you can't think about temptation, really, in the New Testament without traveling to the time after Jesus is baptized, he goes out into the wilderness, and uh, he is the what's listed there in Scripture is the three times that the Satan comes to him and do that. Now, let's step back and realize, uh, no, Jesus wasn't just tempted three times. These are the three times that are listed there. Uh, I've had confirmation students stating, well, if I was only tempted three times, I'd be able to overcome it, as if that's all that Jesus was ever tempted. But the reality is that devil was constantly hammering on Jesus, I mean, trying to get him to fall into temptation. And while these three are listed, we need to be aware of the fact that there's a lot more temptation going on. But what's really interesting about this as we get started on this whole concept of temptation and think about Jesus' temptation, each time Satan comes to him with the various temptations, and how does he battle that temptation? Well, he battles it by saying, Quoting Scripture, he uses the very Word of God. Every time he's tempted, he turns to him in Scripture and says, thus says the Lord, or thus says the Word of the Lord. And so it really speaks to us as we dive into this, temp uh, this whole concept and question of temptation. We have the, the Word of God, which is, as we hear in, in Scripture, the sword of the Spirit. We're able to then fight back and forth against Satan, and we do that, and that's the, the example that Jesus gives us in the temptation is battling with the sword of the Spirit. And so that's very important as we do that. God's not luring us into temptation. We're going to talk about that more as we do that. But yet, every day, sin is there. Sin is working hard against us, and the devil is using that to try and lure us away, drive this wedge between us and God. Just yesterday, as a matter of fact, I was talking to uh, some people that aren't even members of our church, and one of the things I was talking about and asked them this question, where do you think Satan works the hardest? And somebody immediately said, the bar. And I said, no, not really. And I, he said, well, what do you mean? I said, Ah, he doesn't have to work hard there, right? There's alcohol flowing. He's kind of got a lot of them already. So where do you think he works the hardest? And they looked at me with this quizzical look, like, what are you, where are you going with this? And I said, in the church. 
doesn't have them. So he's working hardest in the church. So for us as Christians to think somehow, well, I'm in the church, I'm a Christian, I'm baptized, I'm good, that that's not going to happen. Hey, devil's going to work the hardest on, on Christians. And so that's very crucial as we get into this. And so when we say, how are we tempted? Because as Christians, we know what's going to happen. And then, and the interesting thing is Luther lists three cat, uh, categories. He talks about it in his large catechism. Uh, and You've often heard me throughout our podcast, we've talked about the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but there's also the unholy Trinity, the devil of the world, and our sinful flesh. Yes. In reading the large catechism, you'll find that Luther is particular about mentioning our various temptations, and as Pastor Marcus noted, he mentions what has been known as the unholy Trinity, which is, you know, we have our flesh, which is this... Uh, which is what we are born into. It's our humanness and it's the sins that come with our humanness. And it's the stuff that uh, follows us around daily, um, like um, lust and laziness, greed, uh, these these things that um, plague us almost individually. And um, then you have... Uh, which is like our original sin. We need to acknowledge that that sin's been yes. there from the beginning. Because there are those in the Christian community that would say, oh, the world brings it into us. But Luther is very clear to say, no, that's a part of who we are. And that's... Absolutely. As Lutheran Christians, we talk about that as original sin. And that's important because it's not like the world has infected us and made us sinful. We're sinful from conception, from birth. And so be clear of the fact that part of this reason that we're battling our flesh is it's always been there. It's always been sinful. Yeah. And it's, and it's uh, with this sin of our flesh, you know, a lot of Christians will also just, um, you know, they'll put the blame on Adam and Eve and kind of leave it at that. Um, but it's something that we actively participate in each and every day too. From the very beginning. and From and, the very beginning. And the yeah. reason that that's also important, there are those who would say, well, until I really understand that I'm doing something wrong, I can't be sinning. That's not what scripture says. Right. So it, 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 sin is not because I understand that I've done something wrong. Sin is what happens, what we think, what we do. Yeah. And so to, to think that somehow our flesh can be excused in our sinfulness until we get to a certain age, we have a certain comprehension, that's not part of it. It is a part of this unholy trinity from the beginning. Yes. And so moving on from that, Luther emphasizes the world, which is where I think most Christians often... At, put their blame as far as uh, their sins, you know, um, but, you know, it's not something that can be ignored, absolutely, uh, because Luther points out that the world is the sins that, uh, quote, assail us by word and deed. Um, and they, so these things that kind of um, beat down on us uh, daily and drive us to, um sins of anger and violence and injustice. Uh, but also, um, he notes this, and I found this to be interesting, that he also notes that the world also causes us to sin on the flip side, too, where we are led to things of pride and we're, we're led to things of, you know, we're fond of wealth and luxury and fame and those sorts of things. Uh, those are also means by which the world causes us to sin against God. And think about it this way. There's two flip sides to what uh, a Vicar was just sharing with you. 
Note it this way. I can step back and say, oh, look at me. I'm so much better than everybody else around me. I don't do this sin, and I don't do that, and I don't go there, and I, and and yet I'm sinning by my very action how I'm doing that. On the flip side, I can say, well, everybody's doing it, so it must be okay. And so lead into sin by the world around me, and the example, think about it, media is a great example of the world infecting us, um, that it's, it's in our phones, it's on our televisions, it's on our computers, it, it's right there. Uh, and so the understanding that the world is constantly attacking us with our confirmands, oftentimes uh, I will have them pull out a piece of paper and I say, how many hours a day uh, do you are you on the computer? How many hours a day are you gaming? How many hours a day are you doing this? And then we also then get back as we put out all that the hours that they're spending on that. So how much time are you spending on your confirmation work or how much are you and or how much are you in church? And so at the end of the week we add up all the hours. Look at all these hours that the world is giving you what it thinks is right and all the hours that you're spending to see what the scriptures are telling you. So you know, the balance of realizing that that war is heavily balanced towards the world around us because it is constantly all around us, yeah, uh, in our earbuds, uh, on our radios. It's 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 everywhere. Yeah, and this reminds me of um, a very important text actually from Romans twelve, where Paul is talking about the world and how we are. Um, and how we are living within it and how it opposes us in many cases. But he's not talking about the world and being the world itself is not an enemy, right? But the things within the world are enemies and they can uh, lead us to sin. And so I don't want to get ahead of myself here uh, in our podcast, but, you know, with this, uh, particular um, thing that uh, Luther mentions within the unholy trinity, it requires a lot of Christian discernment uh, when we're living within this world that is constantly tormenting us. So, And then the third part of this unholy trinity, the devil. And yes, and moving forward, we got the devil, which is the big one that uh, many of us are intimidated by, absolutely. Luther says that the devil is baiting us and badgering us on all sides. And uh, in regards to the devil, he especially is attacking us in terms of how we go to God in his word. And he's wanting to make us despise God's word. He's wanting to turn us against him specifically um, in our individual relationships with God. And he's been great at it from the beginning. Yeah. He, you know, there, my father-in-law would always say, you know, there's no new sins, just different variations. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because from the very beginning, what did Satan do? He said to Eve, did God really say? Did God really mean? Mm-hmm. He's using the same playbook today, all these thousands and thousands of years later. You know, did God really mean? Are you sure that's what God wants you to do? Are you sure that you need to do that? And so he's... He's uh, tempting by asking a question to get us to somehow question God's love, God's concern, or God's message for us. And so he just likes to ask questions, likes to prod a little bit, push a little bit, ask those questions, and 
ultimately do all the things the vicar was talking about, getting us to despise God's word, turn away from worship, turn away from all kinds of things. But so the devil, the world, our sinful flesh, that, that is the three unholy trinity that we're constantly battling against, going against on a regular basis. So with that realization that this is the battle we have, this is where we're constantly going out, what really are we asking God in this petition. I mean, we acknowledge that we have this issue going on. We acknowledge we have this trouble going on. But what really are we asking God in this petition? Well, we're certainly asking that uh, God would guard and protect us. Um, this is something that we really can't do on our own. We can't fight against these sins on our own because we ourselves are sinful. Um, and so we're asking the, uh, God that he may guard and protect us in this petition, leading us not into temptation. Um, and Martin Luther actually really uh, got at this uh, spiritual warfare idea um, with, he, he talks about meditatio, tentatio, and uh, oratio. And uh, the tentatio is what is our focus here, which is just Latin for spiritual warfare, um, constant beratement of this unholy trinity, you know, uh, making us question God, question his love for us, and uh, making us doubt ourselves as children of God. And that um, is just... Uh, Martin Luther really understood this well with his uh, three, um, I guess, emphases, I guess you would call them, um, in the life of a Christian. But in this petition, we're also asking that we ourselves may be kept alert and watchful um, and that God may, you know, in his guarding and protecting of us may give us strength to uh, resist this uh, unholy trinity, these temptations. Well, a couple of weeks ago in my sermon, we talked about what the Apostle Peter talked about in First Peter, that Satan is going around like a roaring lion yeah. seeking whom he may be devour, may devour. Well, you better be alert and watchful if there's a lion around. Yeah. Uh, is he behind me? Is he in front of me? Where is he at? Is he going to pounce? Is he going to go after me? And if you really think about that example that Peter's using, uh, we kind of go around our daily lives, oh, I'm good, you know, we're all good, everything's fine. And yet the devil is constantly, okay, where can I get him? What can I do? Where am I at? And yet we act as if, oh, yeah, I got this, no problem. Devil's not going to get me. And yet he's that lion that's just ready to pounce out of the weeds. We're, we're like, we're not even going to be aware of when it's going to happen. And so I, I just, that's such a wonderful visual visual for us to be able to think about how the devil's just ready to pounce. And if we're not alert and we're not ready, he's going to get us. Uh, just like the lion, if we're not on alert, it's going to get us. And so in all of that, part of the ability to be alert and watchful is getting into God's word. It's one of the reasons why we took the year-long emphasis of Track through the scriptures, getting into God's word. What is God saying? How can we use that? If you remember back at the very beginning of this podcast, we talked about how Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, and each time he was tempted, he quoted scripture back to Satan. And uh, we're not expecting that everybody's going to be able to quote word for word all these Bible passages. Hopefully you remember some of those from confirmation class. But, you know, we don't expect you to remember those word for word. But what is the essence of what God's telling us in his word? 
What is the essence? And where is he? And giving us the the spiritual ability with the sword of the spirit to be able to overcome that. That's getting into God's word, knowing who Christ is and what he has said he's going to do for us. Yeah, God's God's word is the ultimate uh, weapon against all of this temptation. And and we'll really uh, get into this more in a bit. But well, and well, think about it this way. We in the petition we say, lead us not into temptation. At first glance, it would be easy to say, uh-oh, so God's tempting us? So does God tempt us? That's a very important question. Absolutely not. God is not the source of temptation. Temptation is something that sin and the devil alone are responsible for. Um, but Scripture does tell us that God tests us um, to... Um, bring us closer to him in relationship uh, because yeah, God doesn't tempt us because he does desire that relationship, but he tests us. Um, James uh, one uh, chapter one verses two and three actually tells us count it all joy. My brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds for, you know, that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And so um, this idea of, um, being strengthened in your faith, uh, that is what God is doing with being tested in our lives. And the book of Job is a great example of that. If, Absolutely. If you remember back from our trek through the scriptures, it might be good to review a little bit about Job uh, this week for you to step back, maybe look at the video that we had posted related to that, the book of Job. It's it's a uh, very interesting, difficult book to read through as you see the supposed mm -hmm. friends of Job and they, ah, what did you do wrong? And, and, and how the devil says, oh, Job is such a faithful guy because he's got everything. And it, it's a very interesting to see how through it all, God had confidence in Job and how Job came through and was sustained by his faith. Uh, as he dealt with the temptations that were all around him, the loss of his family, the loss of his goods, uh, uh, he lost his health, everything, how that he still held through that. So we encourage you to look back, because Job is a very good example of, no, God doesn't tempt us, but he does test us, and there is a difference in regards to that. So, okay, if God doesn't tempt us, how does God help us then? I mean, we've, we've kind of referenced this somewhat, but... That's important to understand. If we're going to say, lead us not into temptation, how does God help us not be led into temptation? God provides us with um, many weapons against temptation. He provides us with, most importantly, his word. And that is a, as we've talked about, a weapon and a tool against temptation. Um, he also provides us his means of grace, his, his sacraments. We have... Holy Communion, where we receive his forgiveness, and then we have the Sacrament of Baptism, where we are welcomed into his family. Uh, we also uh, receive his Holy Spirit, um, and his Holy Spirit is working in our lives each and every day. Um, even even uh, when we confess our sins each Sunday and we, re we receive absolution for our sins, those things... Um, those things are weapons against temptation because we are reminded of Christ's forgiveness. We are reminded of that relationship that God uh, does indeed desire with us. And so these things are many things that God provides for us to help us. And then 
as we've been exploring uh, these past few weeks, God invites us into prayer and prayer is incredibly important because we are able to go to him with our problems and go to him with our burdens and our temptations. And we're able to um, bring these things to him at his feet. And uh, so these things are um, things that God does provide to help us with. And heart to heart communication. I mean, when we're struggling with temptation, it's all around us. And, and all of us have pet sins that we specifically struggle with. Perhaps maybe it's anger, uh, it's uh, hate. I mean, there's just all kinds of lust. I mean, there's just all kinds of things that we can fill in. And we all have our own particular struggles with sin in different manners. But as you're going through that struggling with temptation, uh, the opportunity and privilege of being able to turn to God in prayer and say, Lord, uh, I'm struggling with this. I need help with this. Uh, help me to get through this. Um, and the other idea is that part of that dealing with temptation is not going where we know we're going to be tempted beyond our capabilities. If if I struggle with alcohol, and I thank God often that I don't, I mean, that, that I, I've seen how uh, alcohol, you know, give or take it, if I don't have alcohol for months, I'm fine. It's just not something that, but yet others struggle with that addiction and they're doing that. Uh, but if I know that I struggle with alcohol, then I really should stay away from the bar. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, it, it's uh, just because I'm a Christian doesn't mean I can go in the bar and, or where there's all kinds of alcohol, whatever it is, and, and just say, okay, I'm going to be able to overcome it. Well, the temptation in and of itself might be too much. And so if I know that this particular sin I struggle with, I need to stay away from where I might be tempted beyond my abilities to be able to do it. And um, just simply saying, Lord, help me, and I'm good, and I go in and, you know, uh, bulls ahead, you know, that's not that's not how it does it. But yet, nevertheless, we have the privilege of turning to him in prayer and know that he's going to hear us when we're struggling, know he's going to hear us as we are trying to overcome the temptations that are set before us, because they're, they're all around us. Yeah. And going back to Luther's tentatio, this this spiritual warfare that we uh, wrestle with, it's, I think the warfare is a very good way of like envisioning how uh, how this, this is all going on, I guess, to uh, put it simply. Um, I mean, because Paul says in Ephesians, he actually provides some very interesting uh, illustration. Many of you are probably familiar with his verses on the armor of God and how, you know, you have a helmet of salvation, sword of the spirit, um, and there's a belt of righteousness. Um, yeah, it's very helpful uh, imagery, I think, to, um, to kind of think of how um, God is still guarding and protecting us uh, as individual Christians in our lives against temptation. Some of you remember that uh, 
Vicar Kam, when he was here, did a thing on the the Sword of the Spirit, the various things. He used aluminum foil and made out a whole, oh, did he? whole, whole suit of armor related to that and all the various parts. Uh, you know, it, it is very—think of that, but turn to this Ephesians chapter 6, 10 to 18. Read through how that does that. Uh, it, it's just interesting how uh, we have so much more— to overcome temptation than we sometimes realize or allow to be a part of who we are. And so I would really encourage you to turn and look through Ephesians chapter 6, see how he gives us all those various defensive ways to be able to do it. Now, what's interesting is all those defensive weapons that Vicar just mentioned, there's only one offensive weapon. That's the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So we have all these defensive to protect us, but the offensive weapon still ultimately to overcome temptation is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And so God's blessing be upon you as you dive into this temptation uh, this week and lead us not into temptation. We're getting closer and closer to the end of prayer, uh, but you can also see how important it is, all these various petitions or things that we ask for. So please dive into the prompt question and the readings this week, and we really look forward to uh, getting ever closer to the end of prayer, but the opportunity and gift that God gives us, that we're able to go to him in heart-to-heart communication and know that he will be with us as the devil of the world and our sinful flesh continue to tempt us. Lord's blessings this week in your study. Thanks for joining us on our Living the Faith podcast this week. This podcast is a ministry of Zion Lutheran Church in Bismarck, North Dakota. To contact us, learn more, or for more resources on our journey this year, please visit zionbismarck.org or find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or YouTube. This podcast was made possible by a grant from Lutheran Church Extension Fund. We thank them for their support. Please join me in prayer as we begin our new week. Blessed Lord, you have caused all Holy Scriptures to be written for our learning. Grant that we may so hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that by patience and comfort of your Holy Word, you may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life, Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Thank you for listening. Tune in next time as we continue learning how God's truth in the Scriptures applies to our daily life. God bless your reading this week.